and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the Pack Heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 31. Today, I have Mina Hikiki, Business Development Manager at Futurepreneur Canada, along for a chat. Just before we do get started, though, I do want to mention that I am a packaging consultant at Foodpack, which is a company based in Vancouver, BC. Now, what I primarily do in my role is help clients either get into a custom printed pouch for the first time, or we sit down and have a great conversation about what they currently have, and we make improvements and, um, and definitely point everybody in the right direction. Uh, we also have equipment at Foodpack, so whether it's a large capital piece like a thermoformer or a tray sealer which will completely transform your business or a smaller item and when I say small it's definitely not small but an item like a, uh, a vacuum chamber sealer uh, or a band sealer there is a lot that we can help you with so just like when it comes to packaging we sit down with you um, discuss how you're primarily or already working in your production facility where you want to get to and what kind of output numbers you're looking to achieve and we definitely fit you with the solution that's right for you um, so if you'd like to continue the conversation and learn a little bit more about how I can help you um, you can reach out directly to me um, via email at Hayden at the podcast.com you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn or you can give me a call on 604-360-6790 now let's move on to the show so Futurepreneur has been driving the entrepreneurial passions of Canada's young enterprise for two decades and is the only national non-profit organization that provides financing, mentoring and support tools to aspiring business owners aged 18 to 39. With an internationally recognized mentoring program that matches young entrepreneurs with a business expert from a network of more than 2,000 volunteer mentors, you'll definitely be on your way to packing heavy on your business's success. Futurepreneur has been on my radar for a while now as William McKinnon from episode 14 was a mentor and Lana Lucas from Hunter Browns on episode 27 said nothing but great things about her experience. Mina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. You are very welcome. How are things down in your end? How are things in the office? It's been good. Busy helping entrepreneurs, connecting them with mentors, getting their business plans going. It's all good and exciting. Awesome. I can't wait to hear more about it during the conversation that we're about to have. And like I mentioned in the intro, I've honestly, I've been really excited to have a conversation with you and I've been, um, yeah, I've been actively looking online as to sort of what you guys are all about because I've heard it, your name, you know, Futurepreneur come up quite a few times. Not only that, yeah. But I've also had Keith Ipple from Spring Activator, Andrea Gray Grant from Good to Grow, and Curtis Wong from Small Business BC on. So we've definitely had a couple of conversations regarding, you know, organizations like yours, but yours is a nonprofit. And, uh, and it's also sort of pitched towards the age range of 18 to 39, which I thought was kind of unique. So before we actually kick off into the conversation about um, Futurepreneur, though, let's just start with a little about you. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, thank you. So um, I, I grew up in Iran, mm -hmm. um, in Tehran, which is the capital city of Iran. So I grew up in a very busy, populated city. But the one thing that I can tell you about Iran and Iranians or Persians um, is that we love food. Yeah. So 
every time I get to work with an entrepreneur that has anything to do with food, whether it's a technology that helps, you know, food businesses, whether it's them restaurants, Lana Lucas with her Hunter Brown's business, all podcasts like this gets me excited. Culturally, food is the one thing that you offer to people when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're celebrating, when they're mourning everything. Um, so that's been my upbringing. I grew up in Iran um, and then I moved to Canada as an adult. I moved here in 2003. So Canada is definitely home. I have, I obviously I have two homes. Iran is home, Canada is also home. And um, yeah, so that's about me. I, I, I moved to Canada in 2003, a couple of years of learning English and all of that, ESL classes. And then I moved on to um, going to UBC, the university, to study economics. Um, I majored in economics, I minored in political science. Um, and then something about economics, banking, finance, that's what interested me at that time. So I started as a student, as a summer student with one of the major financial institutions. I kind of continued that for quite a few years after I graduated at different banks and the financial industry. Um, and then about eight years ago, I discovered uh, this nonprofit organization called Canadian Youth Business Foundation. Um, that helped young entrepreneurs to start businesses. It sounded super cool to me. It was a nonprofit. It wasn't a for-profit anymore. It was, you know, somebody that they had no experience in mm. working with businesses. Again, I didn't have experience in, but all of those things excited me. Um, so that's when I switched over from banking to what is now called Futurepreneur Canada. Back then, it was Canadian Youth Business Foundation, right. and then they rebranded to Futurepreneur, and it's been great. Yeah. So you were just naturally drawn to the nonprofit sector after working in sort of banking. That was sort of the direction that you wanted to move into. Yeah, I had, uh, I remember that day clearly when I sat down and I thought, what do I want to do with my life? And I thought banking has been great. And I honestly, I recommend working in the banking industry to anybody and everybody that financial knowledge it's so important. It's so helpful. And it's relevant to so many different sectors. Mm. So I knew that I have a good base. I have a good background. But then I sat down and thought, what are some of the other industries, places that I'm interested in that I would like to get involved in a professional way? Um, and I thought about nonprofit. I did do a lot of volunteer work with other smaller nonprofits, but I didn't have the experience working for a nonprofit. Mm. And then I had like other ideas, oh, fashion or technology, all of those things. So I kind of narrowed it down to three different streams and I started my job search. But then this nonprofit was really exciting because it's a nonprofit that gives loans to people. Mm. And that's not a very common um, business model for nonprofits. Um, so that really excited me because I knew that I'm going to bring something to the table from my background and my knowledge from the mm. financial industry. And it wasn't all new. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a good choice that I made back then. No, that's fantastic. My sister also works in banking and she says exactly the same thing. It's such an awesome industry. It gives you a very good foundation to build from. And uh, and there's also a lot of room for growth within the organization as well. Um so now that you're at Futurepreneur, tell us a little bit about your daily, you know, how your day looks and um, and what it is exactly that you're doing with the clients. Yeah, yeah. So, so my title, Business Development Manager, is it's a bit too broad. And I do get asked that question quite a bit. What do you do? <laughs> um, it is, my days are really exciting. I really, I started with Futurepreneur in a different role. 
And um, that involved a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with entrepreneurs, a lot of coaching, a lot of business plan review, credit conversations, all of those cool things. Mm. I did that for just under three years. And then I transitioned to business development. Um, and it was something that was completely foreign to me again. Um, but um, my days are pretty exciting. It involves a lot of conversations with entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, potential entrepreneurs, a lot of conversations with potential mentors, people who have the experience, background and expertise and are thinking about giving back. Um, in a normal time, I do a lot of events. So I attend a lot of events that are around the same topic of youth entrepreneurship, small business, startup business. Um, so there's a lot of networking, presentations, mm -hmm. now podcasts, so a lot of um, different ways to try and get the word out about Futurepreneur Canada. And I have the privilege of working with entrepreneurs from Vancouver Island. Mm. Um, so we kind of divide our province into different regions so that we can you know, service all those young entrepreneurs from all different regions. Yeah, sure. And in a normal time, I would be traveling to the island quite a bit once or twice a month. You know, Victoria, Nanaimo, Camel River, Courtney, all of those beautiful places. Um, so... It's a lot of getting the word out about Futurepreneur, telling people we exist, this is what we do. And also identifying partners. You mentioned quite a few of them right there, Spring, mm. Small Business BC, who are all of these organizations who are already in those communities that we would like to service and do work that's similar to what we do. Um, and, you know, building those relationships. But the ultimate goal um, for a person in my role is to connect these entrepreneurs to funding that Futurepreneur offers and the resources that Futurepreneur offers and mentorship that's available through our, our volunteer mentors. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, here at Foodpack, my region also um, takes on the island as well and all the way up the Sunshine Coast. So it's quite broad. And like you just suggested, the travel just hasn't been a part of our, um, it just hasn't been a part of my repertoire recently. So getting online and, um, you know, having Zoom calls like this and being on the phone is definitely a part of my routine. And I'm sure it's a part of your routine as well. How have you found that transition across? I would say interesting. <laughs> at the start, at the start, it was very overwhelming. At the start, I felt like personally, there was a lot that I already did in terms of events. Mm. So the number of the volume of those events wasn't lower. If anything, it was more right. because more people knew that, you know, we have to, you know, keep our community together. We have to keep the conversation going. So at the start, I felt like it's, too much Zoom, too many video calls. And I think everybody that March, April, May, June, I feel like that first few months, everyone. And then I think everyone and myself included, we kind of got a hang of it. What is the right amount of calls and video and events and presentation for me? Mm. Um, I almost feel like it's very similar to travel. I used to plan trips that I drove down from Campbell River all the way to Victoria one night in different cities. Yep. And then at the end of it, I was exhausted. And I was like, okay, Mina, maybe that's not how you should do it. And I feel like it's the same thing with these meetings, just because the calendar is free and I don't have to you know, commute from one meeting to the next meeting, doesn't mean that I have to do all of those things back to back. So I think it took me a while to get a hang of it. Um, but I think we all as a community, collectively the startup support community, we did a good job of doing our part to keep the ecosystem going, keep the community connected. Um, and 
I mean, I can't wait to meet people in person again and, you know, see my old contacts in person, but mm-hmm. I feel a lot better now than I did last year this time. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It'll be really nice to actually have a face-to-face conversation without a mask on. And that's what I actually enjoy about this Zoom call right now, that we actually can see each other and say hello. And, yeah, and shake hands as well. Like bring on the day that we'll be able to shake hands again. That'll be a really nice moment, I believe. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I like the video calls. I, I, I try to always have my video on during all calls yeah. just because we can see people's facial expressions and their smiles and all of that. And, and, and you know, that, that makes a difference. <laughs> Doesn't it? So I was on your website and there is so much that you do and that you can offer, you know, a budding entrepreneur that, you know, either has a business idea and they're moving into, you know, the, the more of the, the part of the idea that you're going to actually take action, or you've got somebody who's taken action and they're starting to build out a business plan. And you've got lots of different courses, whether they're, you know, the online resources or the pre-launch coaching or all the way through to mentoring. Get, can you give us a little bit of insight into sort of the programs that you can offer and at sort of what stage each one would be sort of beneficial to somebody out there? Yeah, for sure. So it's a combination of resources that every startup can take advantage of. Right. The core offering of Futurepreneur is the loan and mentorship. Mm-hmm. You apply for funding, you get approved, you get matched with a mentor. However, in applying for that the loan and mentorship, you need to have your full business plan. You need to have your cash flow projections. There's a lot of work that you need to have done before you can go ahead and apply for that loan. Mm. And working with a lot of young entrepreneurs, a lot of first-time entrepreneurs, we have realized that we need to help a lot of them move them along the process. So that's why we've come up and we continue update and add to our business planning resources and the coaching and all of that. And that's why we offer them in all the different formats. So you mentioned the online resources. Mm. Yes, that is available for those who want to do things on your own time. You know, you have a full-time job, you can't go to a workshop, you can't do one-on-one. You go watch the cash flow tutorial so that you can complete the cash flow template. You go create your um, account for the business plan writer. A lot of other lenders refer their clients to our resources because they know how much time and energy goes to those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then for people who have the time and capacity and interest to go to a workshop, go to a webinar, we offer all of them free of charge. We offer our webinars in a shorter period of time, an hour to an hour and a half on a weekly basis. And then we do our workshops that are a lot more detailed, a lot more intense. We do three hours on business planning, three hours on cash flow planning, and we offer those on a quarterly basis. And you have to change all of those as well because these things used to be in person. Mm. So last year, um, at around April, we had to come up with a new format to all of these workshops because we used to promote them to the community. We used to get people in the same room, get the rooms packed with a lot of people, encourage a lot of conversations, group work, make them interactive. So we had to get really creative with how we use Zoom, breakout rooms, encouraging people to turn their cameras on. It's okay if your kid is in the background, tell them to come say hi. It's okay if you're eating and all of that. So we updated a lot of those. And I have to tell you, we get a lot more interest now than we did before. So if mm. before we had like 
30 people show up. Now we have 60, 70 people show up. And I definitely encourage your listeners, if they're at that stage that they have an idea, kind of know what they're doing, but kind of don't know how, check out these resources. They're available to you. They're free of charge. You get to network. You get to get coaching. And that there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, how brilliant is that? And that's exactly sort of the way that my mind works at its best, you know, to for learning that you can actually watch something happen in, I'm going to say real time, but you can actually watch it happen right before your eyes. You can participate, yeah. you can ask questions. It's a, it's a, um, it's a classroom experience, which is incredible that it's free of charge as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We definitely want to make it low barrier um, and, you know, no cost to any of these workshops ever. We didn't have a cost to them in person. We don't have a cost to any of these online. And we definitely encourage those conversations. We encourage them to keep in touch. Even at the start, um, last year, we also created the Slack groups because we Mm. really wanted them to definitely keep in touch and, you know, just train everybody and bring that mentality just because we are online doesn't mean that you can't connect and network with your counterparts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a natural for everybody right now to mm. you know, meet people online and still know to follow up and stay connected. Yeah, I understand. Um, speaking to Lana Lucas, like we just mentioned from Hunter Browns, you know, she had such great things to say, not only about you, but the program and the value that she got out of, um, you know, the, the workshops themselves, but also working with a mentor. So you know, given a, um, given a business like Lana and, you know, she really started just with a business idea and you guys roughed it out from scratch. Is that typical or are people sort of coming with a bit more of a structure and a bit more meat on the bones than Lana did? I, I would say it's a mix. Mm. You get a lot of entrepreneurs like Lana. Um, they come in with an idea. I, I remember my first conversation with Lana on the phone. I remember hearing about her business idea for the first time. And quite honestly, I just, I, I mean, her personality is lovely. Yeah. You love talking to her. Yeah. So I, like, I already knew that she's not going to be just a client. I'm yeah. going to follow up with this person. I want to know where she goes with everything. But then also, I just couldn't wait to hang up and tell everybody else about this brilliant idea of brown butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, you know, some people come with that one idea, they're passionate about it. They're not even thinking I'm pitching this idea, but they just do such a good job of pitching their idea to you naturally, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, she knew what kind of support she needed. She was very receptive and open to, you know, the idea that the entrepreneur does need a plan because you're a startup, you need a plan. It's mm-hmm. not just an item to check off your list for this application. So she was very open to that conversation and coaching. Um, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs do come through that way. So the workshops that I was just talking about, we actually have um, a workshop dedicated to those who are at that idea stage. So we encourage them, it's a three hour workshop, it's called rock my business idea Mm -hmm. so we put that group in that workshop and then we have the rock my business my rock my cash flow for people who are more advanced at pre-launch stage so we kind of separate that we realize that you can't put everybody through the same type of support and coaching Mm. so it's definitely a mix of people like lana and then we also get a lot of people who started their business part-time on the side now they want to you know take it full-time or Mm -hmm. people who planned out everything but they just need that little bit of cash flow before they can open their doors it's definitely a mix of everything 
Yeah, fantastic. And so we're speaking about, you know, people that are in the very, very early stages, you know, they may not have even sold a product yet. They're sort of just building up to that point. Do you have courses and do you have anything that you can sort of speak to, you know, where you've got a small to medium sized business and they're actually operational, you know, if they've got some cash coming in and they want to expand and grow their business? Yeah, we definitely get some of that too. So another part of our program, another requirement for the program, so we have that age group, 18 to 39. Another requirement that we have is that the business must be a startup. And our definition of a startup is under 12 months of full-time operations. Okay. We get a lot of instances that an entrepreneur started a business off the side of their desk. They have their full-time job. They're doing something. They're trying to see if it'll pick up before they can go full-time. So that definitely happens with us. And that's something that, again, we encourage them. If this is going to be your full-time focus, this is going to be your full-time job, you need a plan. So we mm. put them through the workshops that is needed for them. Yep. And, and again, all of these are optional. If somebody comes up to me and says, I've been doing this part-time, working on my plan, working on my financial forecast, I don't know exactly how much I need, mm. I want to apply for the loan off they go and they do that. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go through workshops, webinars. I want to make sure that everybody understands we don't put you through a lot of the things that consume a lot of your time if you don't think you need them. Yeah. So yeah. that happens with a lot of people who've been running businesses part-time and they could have, you know, it could be a case that somebody ran a business part-time for three years. As long as they had another job, as long as um, the business part was part-time, they can apply to our program. They can get access to up to $60,000 in unsecured funding right? and they will get matched with a mentor. So you apply with your business plan and cash flow, get approved for the loan, then you get matched with your mentor. So the coaching support is pre-application, is in-house, is from our entrepreneurial residence team, then the loan, then the mentorship from um, mentors that are volunteering. Now, in the case of somebody who has been in business for more than 12 months and it has been full time. Um, Again, you mentioned some of our uh, partners. We are definitely very well connected to the community and the Mm. partners in the ecosystem. If this person needs just coaching and support, there's always a small business VC. If this person needs, um, if it's a social enterprise, impact oriented, there's a spring. If they need additional funding, business development bank, BBC, Mm. There is other nonprofits, Moments Enterprise Center, credit unions, banks have the startup program. So yeah. we, everybody who thinks they might be a fit for future or is curious about future who should call us because if we can't help you, we probably know who you should be talking to in the community. That's such great information. Um, now, I guess we could take this conversation in a few different directions and you actually answered quite a few of my questions that I had. Uh, which is great. So thank you very much. Um, one of the first questions, so you mentioned um, you can um, provide loans of up to $60,000. Now, what kind of time period are you looking at a repayment on those loans? Those loans um, have a five-year term right. and everybody gets the same exact same term. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody gets the exact same application process and the same interest rate. So right. you apply for um, up to $20,000 from Futurepreneur Canada. Mm-hmm. If you get approved for that and you need more, then we have an agreement with Business Development Bank BBC where we submit an application on your behalf to BBC for the additional amount. Um, 
the only thing that could be different from applicant to applicant is the amount of the loan. So everybody gets a five-year term loan. Everybody gets an interest rate at prime plus 3.75. Mm-hmm. But depending on one, how much you think you need, you may not need the full 60. You might just need $10,000. Depending on our assessment, and we also look at personal credit history. What your personal credit permits, we decide what the amount is going to be. Right, understood. Okay, the other great thing that you mentioned is that you know, with a loan also comes the mentoring. Now, where can the mentor fit in the picture? So, say for example, if I was a great marketer and that was my strength, could I find somebody that um, that you know supported where my weaknesses were, or is the mentor that you provide a very very rounded person that can sort of attack the whole picture? Yeah, it's definitely not random, but it's not that specific either. Right. So the way the process works, if you we're a mentor, that's futurepreneur. Mm-hmm. We would build a profile for you. So we right. interview you, get to know you. We know your background. We know your expertise. We know where you're located. Yeah. And we also ask you questions about your interest in type of business, type of entrepreneur. So we have a lot of information on you already. And you already have a profile with us. Mm-hmm. And then from the entrepreneur standpoint, we read your plan. We talk to you on the phone. We go through your financials. And we also ask you, what do you think you need from a mentor? Mm. So there is a little bit of our assessment based on our review of your application, what we think you might need. And also some of your own assessment, what you think you need. Then we take that information and go to our database of existing mentors and see who fits that best. Um, we try to stay local within the province. Mm-hmm. Some mentors definitely like to be more local, like, you know, so that they can potentially meet in person. Right. And some mentors are okay to, you know, mentor a bit more remotely. So we put all of those parameters in our system and then we come up with some suggestions for mentors. And as our mentors are volunteers, we always go to them. We ask them if they're interested in such and such mentor, mentoring relationship. Um, does it interest them? Is the conflict of interest? Do they have mm. capacity? And if they say yes to it, they get matched. Um, so it, it's it's matchmaking. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes no. it's on paper, <laughs> on paper, <laughs> everything sounds good, and then you go match them, and the personality fit is not there. There's but no chemistry. Think, yep. Yeah, there's no chemistry. Or you think this may or may not work, and they end up loving that relationship. So I think Lana Lucas was a very great example of a mentoring relationship that made sense on paper and in person. They, like Lana couldn't stop talking about her mentor. Uh, that's how great the relationship has been for her. That's perfect. Uh, on the flip side, you've also got mentors out there or, you know, really accomplished business owners or professionals that could potentially want a mentor. How would they go about um, working alongside Futurepreneur and getting involved? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of times, again, at events, interviews, panel discussions, where we meet meet mentors, um, they always come to us for a conversation first. Mm -hmm. So we tell them about our program, similar to the conversation that we have. And if they think this interests them, they go to our website, everything, even before COVID, Futurepreneur, all of our programs and services were offered online as well. So they go to our website, they build that profile that we talked about, and they basically hit submit. And once that happens, and it's, it's not a mentoring or a volunteer opportunity that starts right away. It's something that 
you put your name down for, and then there is a chance they'll call you the next day yep. with a good match, yep. or there is a chance that it'll take a couple of months. Um, another way is that they would find us online, they see an ad, they, they're looking for mentoring opportunities, they're looking for volunteer opportunities, um, and then they just fill in their contact information and same thing, we call them, they give them the same information mm-hmm. and do a little bit of interview of them. Mm-hmm. And if people agree the fit is right, um, we build a profile for them. And there's also the opportunity for entrepreneurs to bring their own mentor. Right. So if there's okay. somebody yeah, yeah. So if there's somebody that you really have a good relationship with and you know you know they add value to your business, yeah, you're just not sure how to structure it, you want to put a structure around it, mm. we can register them as a mentor and then you know you can continue with your own mentor. Um, you know, that's always an option. Yeah, I can imagine that'd be really beneficial for people out there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, there are entrepreneurs who are like you can never have enough mentors, I won't have four or five mentors. And that's fair. And there are entrepreneurs who are at that stage of business that they're like, you know, I have a specific needs, a specific yep. questions for a specific people. And that's how they proceed. Yeah. Fantastic. One other thing that Lana mentioned, so she was talking about her branding and, um, and I know that you put her in touch with an agency. So is that something that is typical of the experience as well, where you'll see some gaps in the, in, um, the business profile or, you know, what needs to be done next in the, in the sort of, um, as you're building things out and you're like, okay, we really need to focus on your branding. We need to focus on your social media. So you actually connect you, uh, the, um, the client with organizations too. Yes and no. It okay. depends. So when we do the review of a business plan and cash flow, right. say they didn't work with our entrepreneur residence team, they came with their own plan, they mm-hmm. applied and we decide that there are areas that are lacking. So we ask them those questions. Yep. Tell me your social media strategy in more detail. Show me what it is that you're exactly trying to accomplish here. So we put those questions forward. And, you know, a lot of times they actually have the answers in their head. They forgot to put it on paper. So they give us that. And there's sometimes that they just don't know. They don't have an idea. So we do have our own, you know, again, partners that we refer to. For example, if somebody was like, I have questions about international trade, or if I have questions um, for an accountant, a lawyer, small business VC is the first place I tell them to go to. Right. Um, when it comes to more specific things, they ask for an actual lawyer. They ask for marketing support. We tell them the options that we are aware of, but it's up to them. So we don't have any partners in that way that they would work with us to improve the marketing plan for someone or a mm-hmm. lawyer that would work. We don't have that sort of partnerships. Right. We all have our own contacts and we kind of tell them, this is who I think can help you but here's another two options or research your own options. So that's how we approach. Yeah. Fantastic. Listen, Mina, there is so much information in this podcast already. And I know that, you know, somebody could go along to the website and just dive in even deeper. You know, the great thing that I'm finding right now, especially with this podcast, and as I speak to, you know, not only small business owners, but resources just like Futurepreneur and, and you and, you know, Small Business BC and Keith Thipple at Spring Activator. And like I mentioned before, Andrea Grant Gray from Good to Grow. There are just so many places now that somebody can go to find information. Like there's just really no excuses anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, once upon a time, I can imagine that, well, I mean, have you read the E-Myth? 
No, I have not. Okay, it's a fantastic book. You know, it's sort of the the premise of the book, and um, and William McKinnon and I sort of touched on it. The premise of the book is that, you know, you can have somebody who has a business idea and they just get really busy working in their business and they don't have the capacity or the ability to step away from the business to work on the business. But now it's just so much easier with all of these resources, whether it's an online course or whether you can actually get down, you know, and actually speak to somebody. I I feel as if it's never been a better time to start a business. Would you agree with that? I do agree with you. I do agree that there are a lot of resources and it's very low barrier to Mm. reach for them, to find them. And um, yeah, it takes time and energy. I don't want to make it sound like it's very easy. Everybody should Mm. be starting a business. It's still a lot of work. I I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on a daily basis, people who I would have thought they'll start their business six months ago and they're still trying to make it work. But I do know if you want to do it, there is a lot of information. There's a lot of support out there. You don't have to do it on your own. Yeah, that's such good. Like, that's so good to know. Um, Mina, you've answered every question that I had written down. You're so full of information. So thank you very much for your time. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Absolutely. So to get in touch with me, um, I don't know if you can add my contact information to your podcast. Yeah, notes. I'll put it in the show uh, notes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my, my email is my initial and my last name, mpeggy at futurepreneur.ca. Mm-hmm. You can even put my phone number in there, my direct phone number, 604-362-5344. That's my book phone number. Um, general information on futurepreneur, futurepreneur.ca. Um, Instagram at futurepreneur, Twitter at futurepreneurbc. Perfect. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And for everybody out there that's listening right now, and if you've got any questions um, on any component of your business and you don't know where to turn, jump online, check out Futurepreneur, give Mina a call and start the conversation. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mina. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions from today's episode or would like to know more about what I can do to help you achieve your packaging vision, you can reach me directly at Hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You could DM me on Instagram at thepackheavypodcast, or we could also connect on LinkedIn and start a conversation there. I'll see you next week.